Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. We've been doing this radio show, this podcast, this Facebook, our weekly broadcast, if you will, for the Texas Values Report for over four years. And we'll try to bring some of the most important engaging guests every week. And that's no different. And we actually have a guest today who's going to be on for the first time. And we're going to talk about issues of religious liberty. But make sure you go to our website. As a matter of fact, if you're watching this on Facebook, like it, share it, put it into a group. Let's get those numbers up so we can have more people involved in the conversation. Drop us a comment while we're having the conversation. We're going to go for about 25 minutes. But there is some breaking news. Two big pieces of breaking news, okay? Number one, the Texas House has passed the Save Women Sports Bill. That's a bill that's just very simple. makes it clear that you go by the birth certificate closest for birth if you're going to compete in UIL sports, primarily high school sports in the state of Texas. That way we don't have biological boys competing and taking slots away from girls, which we've seen happening. It's a growing concern around the country. The UIL, the University of Interscholastic Leads, getting a lot of reports on this themselves. They've testified about this growing concern. So that bill's passed the House. A bill of its type has already passed the Senate before, so it should be on its way to getting done. There's been more of a fight, if you will, more of a struggle to get it done in the House. It's been a lot more smooth sailing in the Senate. So first time for a Texas House to pass the Save Women's Sports Bill. On top of that, last night we had the U.S. Court of Appeals, the Fifth Circuit, issue a decision that allows the heartbeat law to continue to stay in effect as it has almost for two months now. I think we're over 6,000 lives have been saved since September 1st because of that life-saving effort with the heartbeat law. If a heartbeat is detected, that baby is protected. So really two good items that Texas values, great items that Texas values was a part of. Those were victories last night. We'll have more updates on that in my commentary when we finish up the show. But I want to welcome our guest on the program today. You know, look, as a Christian organization ourselves, it's very important for us to interact, to engage, and to have relationships with people that are leaders within the faith, com- um, faith community. So I'm so excited to have a guest today who's a pastor of a church, who's a leader of a church, and his name is Rochelle Coleman, and he's going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Pastor Coleman, Thanks for being available today from the greater, if you will, the great city of the greater area of Houston. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you having me today. You bet. Well, you know, I talked a little bit about the heartbeat law. I know that, you know, this is an issue that you care about, protecting innocent human life. And I want to talk to you about two things today. Number one, about how important it is for there to be community efforts to support uh, unborn babies, but also support their mothers and families as they go through this process and how important it can be as they make this decision to protect the baby in their womb, to protect life. But then, you know, what happens after the baby's born, right? There can be a lot of need for that. And I also want to talk about on November 2nd, we're going to have a constitutional amendment election that makes it clear in our state constitution that government cannot shut down churches and pregnancy resource centers that are faith-based for any reasons. Early voting starts on that on Monday, but the main election day is November 2nd. So, Pastor, talk to us a little bit about your view on the issue of life and why it's become so important for you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, my view is just is the biblical view. As a pastor who believes the Word of God, believes the Bible is uh, our instruction, it's authoritative, infallible, and error. it's easy for, for me as a pastor and uh, as a Christian, uh, first and foremost, I'm just convinced the Bible is clear. I, I believe what the Bible says in Genesis chapter one, that God created us first in the uh, Latin phrase, the Imago Dei, and uh, the Salim Damu, uh, the Hebrew terms that are used there. And because God has created us in that way, uh, we mirror him in time as he exists eternally. And so it's important that we uh, also know that God is the giver of life. 
I love what Psalms 127 says. It says that uh, life is a gift. Children are a gift from God. And so for me, it's, it's easy. I, I, I think anybody who knows the word of God, who say they are a Christian, that place their faith and trust in Christ alone, uh, that they should support life and should support uh, children being born. I just think that's a basic uh, truth that's uh, not that complicated from the word of God. Oh, look, I, and I think sometimes people will complicate these issues in society. And, you know, maybe sometimes you can understand why, or maybe sometimes people, you know, they're not aware of what the Bible says, or they're not aware of what, you know, the biology of an unborn child. And so, you know, to them, they think there's a little bit more to know, or they believe what they hear someone say politically, or they be, believe what some, you know, advocacy organization tells them. And so they're really led in a different direction. But, you know, when we think about what the truth is, we think about what the Bible says on these issues, we think about what we know about science, uh, it can be very simple. And I think you've, you've seen a lot of that, you know, when you talk about issues of life, I mean, it's since 1973, we've had the Roe versus Wade decision, but we've also seen uh, decades of scientific developments where we're learning more about the unborn child in the womb. We're learning about, you know, our, um, the human body in general, not even just babies that are inside the womb. But I think as that technology is involved, people understood more, they've learned more about it, and it's allowed them to get more in touch with what I think is just natural and instinctive, you know, sort of what you were saying, what we sort of all know. And, and which is basic. And so, and I think it's encouraging too, to see that match up to what God tells us in the Bible, what, what God's word says about it. Cause sometimes we think, oh, well, maybe there's a little bit more to know, or there's, you know, what does science say about that? And, you know, so many of, uh, of the early scientists were Christians themselves. I mean, they were not looking to deny God. They were learning more about science that really matched up in so many ways to what we already know in the Bible, but allowed for us to, you know, have some other explanations uh, of, of really the complexity of right. what God has created. And, and it's quite fascinating. It's just quite extraordinary. And so I think, you know, but I also think when you think about an unborn child, that innocent human being, that life, there's something that's special about that, right? The beginning of that, that, that we can connect with, um, and we can think about there being hope for the future and, and something uh, real and developing and, and, you know, spotless and just uh, that gives us a lot of excitement. And so I know that's been a lot of our work. How can we create that excitement and support when there is a child, a new child coming into this world? You were part of a, um, a, um, a ceremony, if you will, recently that had to do with, with this issue and, and baptisms. I'd love for you to talk to our yeah. listeners and share a little bit more about that. Yes, I was. Uh, we partnered with uh, Houston, Houston Pregnancy Center with uh, Sylvia Johnson, and it was a great opportunity. I, when I went to visit her facility in Fifth Ward, uh, I asked, I said, hey, I would love to get involved. I, I see what you're doing. You're doing a great work here. And I was excited about it, and I wanted to bring some uh, information back to our church. And so, uh, and I said, I'm, I'm certain I got to get in line. I figured a lot of churches were involved in the effort. And uh, she said, they're not. And so I said, I want to partner with you and see how we can partner together to help uh, you do what you do. And that is save the lives of, of innocent babies. And so uh, she said also she wanted to do a de baby dedication for some of the mothers who chose life over death. And so that's, that's what we do. And we love the babies. I always use the story when I first came to our church. Uh, we were very, very small at the time, and uh, there, there was no, the sound of babies crying was not there. And I was like, in a church, you need to hear a baby every now and then cry and, and, and yell or something, because those are shouts of life, the signs of life and also growth. And, and so when she decided she wanted to do it, I said, hey, come out here, we want to do it. And so we had a probably list of 110 babies uh, that we just dedicated and their uh, 
moms and dads who participated in the family members. It was just a great effort. And so uh, we were excited about it and, and we want to partner with them. Um, and, and I agree with some, something you said earlier about uh, some people are not informed uh, about uh, how science and uh, our faith work. But I, I'm convinced that if you look historically and if you look at the facts, which a lot of people overlook, you, you will see that a lot of our um, scientists and technological advances uh, these things came to fruition as a result of Christians, uh, our academic institution, uh, even the scientific revolution. You can see these were uh, people who were devout believers, and it was a result of their faith that some of these things came forth. And so um, it's important that we as believers let people understand that and we don't uh, hide the truth. And so we have to make certain that we give them the biblical truth, but also scientific data, we, we don't see them as necessarily being something that we have to hide or conceal. We don't run from science, but we understand that science is uh, under the biblical mandate. So that's so important to me. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. We're talking with Pastor Roche Coleman from the greater Houston area from Impact Church of Woodlands, having a great conversation about the issue of life. I want to bring up the other topic we I mentioned in the beginning, the issue of religious freedom. So many of pregnancy resource centers, like the ones you're talking about and others, are faith-based. They draw from their faith. And so, and you know, look, they will often offer, uh, offer an opportunity for people to consider being Christians. And so, but that's not all uh, the main part of what they do. They're there to support women. But for many of us, the reason that we try to help others and support others is because of that call to serve others that we feel like is there as fellow Christians. And so, but for many of them, if they did not have the religious freedom to exist, it would make it very difficult for them to continue to operate. That was true during the pandemic. So many right. of these pregnancy resource centers, and there's about over 200 of them across the state of Texas, uh, yeah. vastly more than there are abortion clinics. And so plenty of opportunities for women to turn to no matter where they live. But on November 2nd, there's a constitutional amendment election. What that means is every registered voter in the state of Texas has the ability to go vote starting this coming Monday, which is, I'm trying to do the, forget what date that is, 1670, October 18th is the first day of early voting. All right. So what happens is after a legislative session, which we were sort of just finished a regular one in May, there are measures that are, that could go in the constitution that the legislature supports, but then we as voters get to vote on that. And we remember last year, right? There were government officials that were ordering churches to be closed. They yeah. were clamping down on these things. The government was telling religious nonprofits what they could and could not do and how to serve people. This constitutional makes it clear the government at any level can never do that. And if yeah. we have it in our constitution, it's more permanent than just a regular basic law that's in state law. That's Proposition 3. It's number three on this ballot. And I want to make sure everyone knows that everybody gets a chance to vote. You don't have to live in a particular part of the state. This is something that will be on all ballots. And really, it's going to be the only thing that's on this November ballot. You're not going to see candidates. And so, and Pastor, look, I know that's important to you as well, because, you know, when some churches might have decided to close for a little while or step back, but that's up to them to decide. It's a whole right. different thing when you have the government with the threat of punishment, enforcement, and penalty ordering that you close. And for some of these government officials, it wasn't even good enough that some of these services were in the parking lot. They still tried to shut those down. And so that's why I think proposition is going to be so important for people to support it. And I think it shocked a lot of people that the government would do that. But if they've done it once, um, they're likely to do it again. And so yeah. I think that's why, you know, it's important for us to support religious freedom. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. We need it. Uh, I mean, I'm certain, I mean, Passive protection law. You, you're from quite familiar with that. 
and um, and all of these liberties. We need those. And I'm thankful that we are in Montgomery County. Uh, and in Montgomery County, we had a lot of liberties that uh, some other people might have not had. Or, and so it was better for us. We could remain open. I think we had one day where we had maybe just two or three people here. But I'm just thankful that we are in a county with a county judge, uh, Judge Marquijos here, who is understand the need for the church to have the liberties to worship. And and I think across the United States of America, period, it's important that we see that we need these liberties. Now, it shouldn't just be in Texas. It should be across the United States of America. We saying, hey, we want our liberties to be able to worship. Uh, you saw some of the challenges, especially in California. They were having Michigan, other states. Uh, but it's important that we have these liberties. And I hope other people get involved and say, hey, listen, we need to voice our, with our vote and participate so that as churches, we can continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And especially as it relates to this, the life issue. Uh, for me, I just feel like that many have been silent because it is a polarizing issue. But uh, as pastors, uh, it's our job. We have to stand up and be vocal about issues that are challenging to our society and speak so to, the, with to the culture. Roche Coleman from the greater Houston area, from the Impact Church of Woodlands. We're talking about the life issue earlier. Now we're talking about religious freedom, but sometimes those issues touch on each other and they can matter. If, you know, if the church does not have the ability to control when it can stay open, when people can worship, uh, that limits their ability to talk to people about what the word of God says on human life and when life begins and, and how God is a part of that process. You know, and look, when you think about some of these issues, we talk about religious freedom. A lot of times people um, were not aware that they thought the government would ever shut a church down, right? And they also right. think of the churches open on Sunday. Well, a lot of churches are open every day of the week. They have different services that are used. Their facilities are used. There was some striking testimony in the Texas House when this issue was becoming um, on its way to, to getting on our ballot. And, and you can start voting on October 18th, and then the main election day is November 2nd. It's Prop 3. That's the one you want to support that makes it clear the governments cannot shut churches down or religious entities down for any reason. But this was uh, someone that testified about a recovery ministry, someone that had addiction issues. And they were not able to go to those recovery meetings and those support meetings because the churches were ordered to close. And this woman was talking about really the negative effect that that had on some of the people that she interacts with because that resource was not available. And, and look, I mean, primarily it's about the ability to worship and and talk about what you believe in on Sunday or whatever day that people primarily worship in their church. But that doesn't mean that there's not the only things that are happening where the church has value other days of the week. And if the, the government did it again, they're likely uh, before they're likely to do it again. And so that's the importance of this issue. But look, we see that in the greater Houston area, Pastor, when there yeah. are hurricanes that come through, there are natural disasters. The government turns to the church, right? So if right. any place needs to be open, no matter what the crisis is, I think we should all be agreeing that should be the church. I agree 100 percent. And I'll often say the very thing you say, that uh, when crisis happens, calamity happens, no, the church is always at the forefront. We are there. Uh, Harvey, we are there on the front line. Churches are serving and assisting people. And so I'm, I'm convinced that that's why we need the liberty. And so that's why we also, as a church, we have to remain vocal about the need for righteousness and holiness. And I think about Proverbs 14, 34, it says righteousness exalts a nation that righteousness eclipses it up and take it to a higher level. Uh, but it says that sin is a reproach to any people. And so it's important that as people of God, that we are promoting righteousness as pastors and leaders, uh, because it is what's going to lift us up from our plight. And one other thing you mentioned a second ago about uh, 
churches not being open during the pandemic, uh, if you notice, there was an uptick also in uh, suicides. A lot of people were committing suicide. And that's uh, people need the faith. They need the hope that the church provide the encouragement. And so that's why we need our liberty as churches to open, to exercise our freedom, to worship and to make God known to those who uh, who truly, truly, truly see him as their Lord and Savior. It's imperative. Well, I couldn't have said it any better. We're talking with Pastor Roche Coleman from the greater Houston area, from the uh, Impact Church of Woodlands. We've had a great conversation about the issue of life, also about religious freedom. Remember, starting October 8th, early voting starts. Main election day is November 2nd, where all registered voters in the state of Texas can go vote in favor of Prop 3 and make it clear that religious freedom is important. It needs to be strongly stated in our state constitution in a way that makes it clear the governments can never shut down the churches and, and religious organizations for any reason. And, you know, you mentioned Harvey. I just make people remember Hurricane Harvey, right? Maybe people outside of the greater Houston area or outside of Texas that are watching don't know what that means. But that was just, what, four years ago, right? It seems like it's been a long time. But for some of us, it feels like it wasn't that long ago. And those, you know, storms, if you will, come and go. And sometimes they come quite a bit in the, the, the greater Houston area. And time and again, the church steps up. There's no question that churches are essential. Well, Pastor, I really appreciate you having the conversation with us today, the, the work that you do, the ministry work. I know where Fifth Ward is. I grew up close to that area in the great okay. city of Houston. And so wherever it is you're doing your work, your ministry work, uh, ba- based on God's word, we're just, um, we're just glad that you're doing it. We're glad that we get to partner with you from time to time. And we're glad that, um, that you have such value to your community and for your state. So thanks for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Hey, man, thank you for having me. You have a blessed day. All right, we're going to let Pastor uh, Coleman go and get into a little bit of commentary as we wrap up the show. You know, look, these issues that we talked about, I mean, he mentioned the pastor protection law, right? This was a law that was passed in 2015 that Texas Values was a part of. Many of y'all been with us from the beginning, all right? Remember those days? 2012, we were just kind of getting off the ground, and 2013 was the first regular session that Texas Values had a presence. I had worked for Kelly Shackelford for many years before that at First Liberty Institute and then started doing work in Austin. And it's kind of interesting. I'm in this really nice studio that we put together, and uh, we may be having an event soon where we can kind of show it off a little bit, or you might be a guest that we invite. We're likely to have some guests in studio for our Texas Values Report uh, not something that we did very often in what we've been doing so far, but um, but it's set up really nice. It's not, you know, nice flags, got the, the wood panel in the background, a couple of other things to show off in here. But it's interesting because the room that we're using, the studio space, and actually it was probably smaller, the space that we started Texas Values in, where at least maybe I started here in the Austin area, was probably about half this space, as a matter of fact, had a little bitty tiny, I called it a, almost a closet, a uh, little space that I had that I would use, and I set up a desk and a phone line when I used to run up and back and forth to the Texas Capitol in the early days. But, you know, things have changed, technology's changed, but we've also tried to change along with that as far as bringing more members of our team in uh, onto what we're doing, getting involved more with technology, trying to find ways, creative ways, innovative ways, um, thought-provoking ways, if you will, smart ways to get more information to you, to keep you engaged and keep you informed and maybe sometimes entertained. I mean, I know I was entertained when Danny Gokey played at our Faith Family and Freedom Forum two or three weeks ago, right? When he, when he sang some of his really great songs. And we had a private dinner later that night 
where he sang God Bless America a cappella. It was absolutely extraordinary, okay? And, and it was interesting because Danny Gokey, if you're not familiar with contemporary Christian music, he's really one of the top stars in contemporary Christian music right now. Uh, was one of the finalists for American Idol and then went primarily into Christian contemporary music. That's a part of his background. And so he came and performed for us live and then did a, a small little bit at our dinner later that night. But he said he had never sang God Bless America for like an event. That's the way I took it. I don't think that's the, that he'd never sang the song, but that he had never had that kind of live in an event. And we had a beautiful piano that was being played uh, for the song. So I guess it wasn't completely acapella, but it just tied together so well, right? So we always look for ways to kind of create some special moments, uh, things of value and meaningful. If you see value in our work, please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. Go to txvalues.org. You can make that donation today. Or maybe you're going to do a sponsorship for our Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala. Eric Metaxas, talk about radio shows and podcasts and stuff we're doing. He's at a whole nother level, okay? He's got a national radio show. Eric Metaxas, number one best-selling author. He's got a lot of different great books. He's going to be our keynote speaker in person. The author of The Heartbeat Law, okay? Senator Brian Hughes, has that guy slept this year? Oh, my goodness. He's doing so much great work. Senator Brian Hughes is going to give the state of the state address. Okay, we're going to give him a little bit of special time. I mean, he's been the author of the heartbeat law, election integrity, clamping down on censorship on social media. I lost track of all the big bills that he's been the author of and has led to pass, uh, been leading the effort to get those bills passed. But he's going to be there. We're going to give out awards to uh, some lawmakers that have been distinguishing themselves and in, in being leaders. I'm not going to give everything away. We're going to give away the Kelly Shackelford Award, but hopefully we're going to raise some money. I mean, that's the main point is to get everybody together, have a good time, but raise some money for Texas values in the work we're doing for faith, family, and freedom. And I'm not, you know, ashamed to ask people to give. I mean, you know, it, uh, you can't save the world if you can't pay the bills, right? Um, I, I've read before by someone much more famous than me, but it's true. When you run a nonprofit organization, if people are not giving to you on a regular basis, on an annual basis, we can't do the work that we do. And the reason that we've got this studio is because a very gracious and generous donor of ours, Jim and D-Day, put that money forward. They said, we believe in what you're doing. They donated a wonderful camera and others. That's how we're able to do the work. That's how we're able to bring people on to our team to continue to bring value. We were up at the Capitol very late last night when the Save Women's Sports Bill was getting passed out of the Texas House. We were interacting and communicating with legislators on a regular basis. We were following what was happening with the Texas heartbeat law. And as we start to get closer to the end of the year, you're going to hear me talk a lot about it, right, about how you can help donate to us to support our work. Our budget's now about $1.7 million. Takes a lot of people to raise that money. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you, you can write that check. Maybe you've got... Um, you know, you've been blessed that way. And we, you know, we do get some really nice gifts in from time to time. But we'd love to have as many people involved as possible. One of the things we're investing in is getting information out about Prop 3, about this constitutional amendment election. You probably haven't heard us talk about it as much. You're going to start to hear a whole lot more about it. Early voting starts on Monday, October 18th. But some of that is because this year has been so busy. We're already halfway through the month and we're still in the middle of a special session. Okay. Sometimes there's a special session, but all that stuff's usually wrapped up at the latest of the summer. I mean, the summer's long gone. Okay. Um, you know, look, Thanksgiving's coming up soon, right? Then Christmas. Um, and I don't know that this is the last special session. There are rumors that there could be a fourth. And so, and I don't, I'm not saying that in a complaining way. I'm just letting you know, our team has worked harder this year than maybe, you know, any year before, or there's been more work at a different time than we expected. 
we've had to have more expenses to do that. We've brought some new people on to do that type of work. Um, and we're right there on the front lines. Okay. We're making a difference on these issues, but we really need you to continue to consider investing in that work. You can do that online. You can send a check in the mail. You can call Nancy 512-478-2220. 512-478-2220. You call right now and make that donation over the phone. Uh, this is not a telethon, but hey, I'm going to do that from time to time. Because in, in, in every time we get a chance to let you know what we're doing and also just to be real with you, that that need for us is substantial and it's monthly, it's weekly, and a lot of times it's daily. Uh, but we turn around and put it right back there in that work. And that's why I'm excited to be in the studio today, our new studio, to have our Facebook Live, to tape our weekly radio show and, and podcast. Because I think if you hear sometimes a little, the sound quality is a little bit different, right? The camera angle and the camera quality is a little bit different. It's put together. I don't know how many wires are in this office. You know, many of them are hidden very well. But I have always felt like, and our team uh, agrees, to have a high level of professionalism as well, right? We've got a little bit of that, you know, activist edge. I mean, there's dirt under my fingernails from time to time. We'll get out with the grassroots. We'll get out on the street and do what we have to do. But we also bring some of that background that I have, right? I've been a licensed attorney for over 17 years now um, from the University of Houston Law Center. I graduated in 2003. You'll find that two other members of our teams have law degrees. People have other professional degrees. They, they, they really try to present well. We really try to be at some of the highest level possible when it comes to our, ish, um, our work and its professionalism. And you really need to do that. I mean, look, you know, Texas is one of the largest states in the country, a lot of attention around it, right? We think it's the best state, right? You know, uh, as we say in Texas, you know, it ain't bragging if it's true, but there is a lot of expectation about what we're supposed to do. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with doing the work we do on law and policy in the state of Texas. And so we're trying to match that and really take it at, to another level. We've got a website you can check out, texasheartbeatlaw.com. We're doing a lot of work continuing to educate on that. Tremendous victory from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. No surprise, but certain, certainly something to be grateful about and be in, um, to, uh, to celebrate, if you will. Again, the Texas heartbeat prevails. Another legal challenge tossed to the side. There's been so many now. I've lost count. The Supreme Court, the federal court, state courts, you name it. It's been through some of those things, and the, the Biden administration is not done trying to attack it, but it is good to know that lives continue to be saved, and the heartbeat law continues to prevail. TexasHeartbeatLaw.com. Check that out, but go to our web, main website, TXValues.org. You can learn more about the work we're doing for faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. We'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.